So there have been many times in my life when the Spirit has given me the words to say, um, directing at the daycare. Um, one of the best parts of my job is um, dealing with staff members and parents um, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, the problem is when somebody comes to me and says, I need to talk to you, while I love that, I never know what's coming. <laughs> um, so when I get in that conversation and they start, um, while I'm listening, that's what I'm doing. Lord, please give me the words to say. Um, I'm praying. And so um, it never fails. Uh, he always does. And there's... There's never a time when someone has come to me with something that would um, rock my world um, when he hasn't stepped in and given me the words to say. And sometimes, sometimes I'm shocked by the words that I'm saying. Um, and then sometimes I can't even remember what he's given me to say and I have no idea um, exactly what I've said. Uh, but I do trust that um, when that happens, that it's from Him, and um, they're the words that the people need to hear. Aren't you thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit this morning? If you are, say amen. And I'm glad, glad that He is transforming lives. Didn't you enjoy the kids up front? They said I had to make a deal with them. If they had to come front and sit on the steps, that they would sit out there, and now you all have to come up and sit on the steps and face them. No, I'm just kidding this morning. But didn't you enjoy that time with them? And aren't we blessed to have such a wonderful group of kids? And God is, it's just so evident that God is working in their life, and he is transforming them even now. Aren't you thankful? If you have your Bibles this morning, let's go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 2 today. We'll be looking at the passage of Scripture that Caitlin read for us this morning. We began last week looking at what a, a life transformed by the Holy Spirit looks like. And I shared then, and we share again today already, that the good news is, is that transformation is still possible in our lives today. It's a transformation that begins in a moment, but that should continue over our entire lifetime as we desire, as Pastor Jaron said this morning, to be transformed more and more and more each day into the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We talked last week about the fact that that transformation comes to us through the power of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is a gift given by the Father and, and, and asked for by Jesus that has come and that, that is working among us even this morning. And aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit's presence that we sense with us? And the good news is, is that very presence that we sense with us desires to live in us and provide all that we need, the power and the help and the strength. I also remind you today that um, last week we talked about 50 days following Easter is the day of Pentecost, which actually we celebrate um, next Sunday will be that, that day when we celebrate it. This word Pentecost simply means 50, and it meant that 50 days following um, Easter was the, the resurrection of Christ was the day of Pentecost, that first day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon that group of, of believers gathered in the upper room and their lives would never be the same again. They had went there, they were waiting as Jesus told them to do, and they were tarrying and they were trusting that Jesus, just as he promised, would send his spirit to live in them. I remind you of those words of Jesus from Acts chapter 1, where it says, Jesus told them, do not wait, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait 
for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John uh, baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8 of chapter 1, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus had made this promise to them, told them to wait, and then we see the fulfillment of that promise in Acts chapter 2, this beautiful passage that Caitlin read for us this morning. And so I want to talk to you today, I want to share with you today about why it's important for close followers still today still today, to make the choice to wait upon and receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. The personal promise that he made um, to that group gathered in the upper room is the very same promise he makes for us today. I will send my Holy Spirit to fill you. And the reason it's so important for us to wait is a couple, there's a lot of reasons, but there's two specific that I want to share with you this morning. And the first one is this. Because when we wait for the Holy Spirit to come and we, and we open our heart for him to work in our life, the Holy Spirit purifies. The Holy Spirit purifies. Verse 2 in chapter 2, with me again. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. This upper room where they were gathered, the Spirit comes. And listen to what happens. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, now normally we just read right on and we kind of skip over what takes place here in verse 3 because we've never seen a tongue of fire rest on anyone and that may be a little strange to us and so we kind of just read on a lot of times and ignore um, what, this is, what is taking place here. But I, but I want you to understand this morning and I believe it's important for us to realize what this representation of fire truly means for us today. You see this, 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 this symbol of fire, this this symbol of fire in Scripture signifies, in a special way, God's presence and God's power and God's holiness. It signifies His presence and His power and His holiness, as well as the purification or cleansing action of the Holy Spirit, the way the Holy Spirit can come and cleanse us. Um, on the screen this morning, um, Daryl's going to put it up there, and in your handout today, um, I've listed some ways uh, throughout Scripture, um, starting with the Old Testament and all the way back in Exodus and kind of working all the way through, even through the New Testament into Hebrews, where we can see different uh, works of the Holy Spirit represented as, as fire. Now, I hope to have uh, more time this morning to maybe go through some of these with you. I don't, but I encourage you to look at this because this day of Pentecost here in Acts isn't the first time that we see the Spirit represented or symbol, uh, symbolized as, as fire. It's all throughout Scripture. It's always been a symbol of the Spirit. It's the fire that purifies. It's the fire, the light that comes from the fire. Think about this, that illuminates, right? The dark things so that they can be seen. As the light of the Holy Spirit shines into our hearts and our lives, our heart is illuminated, and all of a sudden we begin to see things because the Spirit shows us that maybe we've never seen before. Isn't it amazing how fire can bring, can bring light and how light can illuminate the darkness? Uh, a few uh, over the last few months, we've been doing a little remodeling in our house, and and part of that remodeling included um, adding some lighting to our kind of our living room area. Um, you can see here we put in 
quite a few can lights. Um, uh, prior to that, there was one uh, light on the bottom of a ceiling fan overhead, kind of off to one side. And so at nighttime, without the help of like uh, some lamps that you plug in, the rest of the room was really dark. And so I, I remember the first night that we put all these can lights in and we, we turned that switch on. I mean, we saw that room in a completely different way. In fact, we saw dust and we saw dirt, and we found pieces of furniture that we didn't know we had. No, it wasn't quite that bad, it wasn't quite that bad. But I mean, it, it just lit up the whole space, and we saw the space even in a completely different way. And I just have to remind you this morning that when the Holy Spirit comes as fire, he begins to illuminate our hearts and our lives, and we begin to see things within us that we've maybe never really noticed or wanted to notice before. Do you know what I'm talking about today? If you do, say amen. Think about it. He begins to shine his light in some dark places within our heart, and maybe there's some dust and dirt within us spiritually that we haven't noticed before. Maybe there's pieces of furniture that have taken up space within us. Maybe some newer pieces of furniture. Maybe some old antique pieces of furniture. Furniture that may be represented by like this, unforgiveness or bitterness or jealousy or lust, or impure thoughts, or sinful pride. The list really could go on and on. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to shine light into some of these places, and, and, and all of a sudden, it's illuminated. And we realize, wait just a second, there's something here that doesn't really look at all like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, through the illumination of the fire that he shines into us, helps us to see things differently. Not only does the Holy Spirit shine that light in to help us to see it, but here's the good news. God through the Spirit doesn't just make us aware, but God through the Spirit represent, represented as fire also purifies. So he helps us to see it, and then he says, now I can help do something about these things. Jim Simbola in his book, Spirit Rising, and I'll be quoting a couple of things from that. Powerful book, if you have a chance to get it and read it, um, it's a powerful, powerful book. And Simbola and says this, the Spirit's fire always cuts to the chase and deals with the hindrances that keep us from the blessings of God. The Spirit's fire, what he's saying, cuts to the chase and always deals with the things that are keeping us from being transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Aren't you glad? See, God came to save us in that moment, but he also came and sends his spirit to not leave us the way that we are, but to transform us more like him. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When the spirit comes, things that need to go that we maybe have been hanging on to are illuminated, and the spirit can help to bring that purification. You see, when it comes to Pentecost, when it comes to the Holy Spirit coming, holiness is not a side issue. Holiness is the issue. Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross and, in conjunction with that, sent the Holy Spirit to be able to enable us to live the life he's calling us to live. He doesn't look at you and say, hey, I want you to be pure and holy and righteous and I want you to live a life like mine and, and, then, uh, and then walk away and say, I'll see you in a few years in heaven. Aren't you glad? 
But he said, I want you to be holy. I want you to live a a life like mine. I want you to be transformed into my image. But I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to show you. He's going to reveal things to you. And then he's going to give you the the power. And I'm going to purify you to live the way I'm calling you to live. You see, it's his enabling that does it. When his light illuminates, we see things in a different way. He comes with conviction searching our motives, uprooting our unforgiveness, shattering our pride, and these things that have maybe taken residence in our life for a really long time that are not like Jesus. We have to come to a place where we say, these things simply have to go. I remember when, after Michelle and I were married, um, uh, we had a lot of people who just wanted to bless us with things, um, like you know, we needed some furniture and some housewares and all kinds of other things, and we got a few of those at our wedding, but like all of a sudden over that next year, I mean, people would say, hey, do you need this? And we'd go to pick whatever that was up and end up like getting a lot of other quality merchandise <laughs> along with it. And that happened like two or three or four times where we were thankful to receive some things, but ended up with a lot of junk and so I don't know how you are, but, but my heart, um, at least in, in those days, uh, was sensitive to what do we do if, like, they come visit and they want to know where that Tupperware from 1944 is. And so we had this one bedroom, and this is before we started having the children, we had this one bedroom that just became the catch-all for like all of this stuff that we had, but we didn't really know what to do, and we gave some of it away to other people who we thought might be able to use it, but most of what was in that room simply wasn't even fit to donate. But it stayed there. Well, a year or so later, Trent was born, another year or so, Jaron was born, and we kind of needed this room, and we had moved into a mobile home. We were out on the farm, and, and, and we were talking about, we got to get this room cleaned out. What do we do with this stuff? And we went through it, and we donated what little we could, and we gave away some more, and then we had all of this stuff left. And, and I told Michelle, I said, you know, <clears throat> out behind our house, kind of back along the edge of the woods, my dad had what we called the burn pile. And all the trees and things that would fall down, branches all over the farm would end up there. And I said, you know what, I don't know what else to do. Let's just, let's just throw it out of that fire, and let's just get rid of it. Let's burn it. And so we did. We, we saved what we could that was decent, but most of it, that's all it was fit for. And so we loaded that fire pit up. This isn't me, but it, it would have been, all right? I didn't have a picture, but we just loaded that thing up with, with all that stuff. We burned it. And can I tell you the feeling like the feeling that night after all of that stuff was cleaned out and the, and, and the room was all set up the way it should be and all those things were gone. Now, this isn't me either, but this was me. Yes! It was such a great feeling to have everything clean and be rid of all of that junk that we'd been holding on to. That experience made me think about something that I read in Symbolist's book, and here's what he says. When people are intent on getting rid of a lot of junk, they simply start a bonfire and toss things they no longer want into the flames. Fire burns everything that is worthless. Sometimes we just need a good Holy Spirit fire to touch our lives. The pure, the godly things will remain because they are like silver and gold and precious stones. Fire won't destroy them. In fact, those things will be purified. But the hay, the wood, the junk in our lives will be burned 
away. We need the Holy Spirit to come as fire and purify our hearts and lives. As disciples, as Christians, we need the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit to come and continue his work in us and not become satisfied with where we are, but say, search me, O God, and know my heart. And let your Holy Spirit illuminate and let your Holy Spirit purify that's what was taking place in that upper room. They had waited upon God, and I believe during that time of waiting, the Holy Spirit began his work even before the day when he came and filled them, began to illuminate their hearts. And on this day when the Spirit came, this symbol of fire meant these disciples, these followers of Jesus were pure and holy in God's sight, and he was going to use them in wonderful ways. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit shine into your life and let the fire of his, of his spirit purify you in the areas that, he's, that, he, that he shares with you this morning. The Holy Spirit purifies, but I also want you to see this morning that the Holy Spirit empowers. Look with me at verse four. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are, these, are, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? And, and how, how is it that each of us hears them in our, in, in our own native language? You see, when the Holy Spirit came, there was not only purity, but there was power that they had never experienced before. There was a power to speak with new courage and boldness. If you read on in this passage, what you're going to find in Acts 2 is that P Peter, remember Peter? Peter that denied Jesus, right, three times. Remember that Peter? The one that couldn't even take a stand and say, I know this man, but it was always, I don't know him, right? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, gets up and he speaks with power and with passion. And at the end of that chapter, you'll find that over 3,000 are saved that day to new Peter, don't you think? There's power that came with the Holy Spirit. If you're thankful for the Holy Spirit's power that has worked in your life in the past, would you say amen? Holy Spirit's power. But there's something else that takes place here. And maybe you've not thought about it in this light before. I don't know that I have. But I feel like the Holy Spirit helped me to see this passage a little bit differently. You see, when the Holy Spirit came in the upper room on this day, all of a the sudden, these people could speak, these people that were gathered in this room could speak in the native known language of everyone gathered in Jerusalem this day. We read that word tongues, we don't always realize what's taking place. These people in the upper room could speak the known native language of all these people. Remember last week I told you, people from every nation under heaven had gathered in Jerusalem to give thanks to God on the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, through the power of the Holy Spirit, these people had the ability to communicate with people who didn't know Jesus in their own language. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, only the Spirit of God could do something like that. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say it again, these ordinary people were able to communicate in a language that non-Christians from every corner of the world could understand. 
He wanted non-Christian people who didn't speak the same language to be able to know about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so he comes in power, and these people are able to speak that language and help them to know about Jesus. Now let that sink in this morning. They were given the ability to speak in a way that non-Christian people could understand. Are you tracking with me? They were given the ability to speak about Jesus in a way that non-Christian people could understand. Can I tell you, we need that power through the Holy Spirit today. We are surrounded by people in this world who don't know Jesus. They don't speak the Christian language so to speak. And yet, he puts us in situations all the time where we have the opportunity to communicate with people who don't know Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need the Spirit's help to know the words to speak to them. I mean, we're going to speak in English, but I want to speak to them in a way that they know about Jesus Christ that they know that Jesus loves them and cares for them and died for them and extends his grace to them. Grace, grace, God's grace that is greater than all of our sins. And we all say, thank you, Jesus. But we need to be able to communicate about the grace of Jesus Christ to people who've never heard about him or people who have had bad experiences, maybe even bad church experiences. We need to come alongside them and help them to see the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus, and that can only happen when our heart is in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. And as Regina described this morning, when we walk into those situations, we pray that prayer, Lord, I don't know how to speak today. Like, I don't know what to say. Maybe I've tried to share with them a thousand times, but Lord, today I'm trusting in the power of your Holy Spirit to come on the scene and give me the words once and for all to be able to share with them that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them. I want that power. How about you? God, help us. We can no longer stand on the sidelines and talk about how bad the world is. We've got to get out into the world and begin to talk to them about how much Jesus loves them. And the only way that we can do that is if we're in tune with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me to speak in such a way that people who aren't Christians, I like to say it like this, people who have yet to accept Christ, help me to speak to them in such a way, Lord, that they understand, that they understand that I love you, and they understand that I love them. That was the whole purpose of what took place on this day. Jesus knew they needed to hear. And the only way they can hear is if they're speaking in a language that's understood. And Jesus gives that power. You know, we need that language to speak to non-Christians, and we need that language to speak to people who are hurting. We need that language to speak to people who we love and that we care about, but maybe we've had a rough relationship with. We need the Holy Spirit to come and give us the words to speak. Amen? We need the words to speak in difficult situations. In 2012, after our house burnt down that night, we were standing in the ashes of all of that. And I had a pastor friend who came up alongside me that night. His name was Todd. Todd slipped up alongside me, and looking back... As a pastor, like me, 
how incredibly hard in, in some ways it must have been for him. And the only way he was able to speak these words to me was because the Holy Spirit was filling him. And I guarantee you, I've told him a hundred times how much I appreciated that. He does not remember what he said, where Regina is. He does not remember what he said. He came up alongside me. See, here's what happens. I may not rem- he may not remember what he said. I'll never forget what he said. Because the words that he spoke that night were not from him. They were from God. What if, what if we would live in such a way, what if we would live in such a way that the words we speak weren't just from us, but they were divinely given from God? Wouldn't that be beautiful? He said, I know you've just lost everything, but can I read you a passage of scripture? Think about the boldness it would have taken. Matthew chapter, don't worry about your life, what you're gonna eat or drink or your body, what you're gonna wear. Like God cares about, you know the scripture, God cares about all the birds, he cares about all that. Just keep seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's gonna take care of all this. He shared that passage of scripture. Think about the boldness it would have taken. And those words spoken timely into my life, it didn't come from him, but came from God through him, like I've never forgot. Those, those words helped carry me. In fact, if you would go to my house that we rebuilt and you'd peel up the floor in the living room, you're gonna find Matthew chapter six written on the floor, under the flooring. Like, I wanted to be, you talk about standing on the promise, it may sound a little bit ridiculous, but I'm saying, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. See, it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through an individual who prays and said, God, have your way in me. Give me the power. Give me the words. Help me to be able to speak into difficult situations. And all around you today are people who are standing in the ashes of situations, and they need to hear from God. And because they're in the ashes of situations, a lot of them, they can't seek him on their own. Or they choose not to. And yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, as God gives you that discernment and leading, as he prompts you to go and speak, can I just tell you today, he's faithful to give you the words. Aren't you thankful? He's faithful to give you the words and the power. But we have to actively pray and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. St. Teresa wrote these words. Just a great reminder for us. In the 1500s, she wrote these words. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. And the only way that we can be all Christ needs us to be is if we open our hearts to the, to the purity of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and allow him to transform us and to begin to use us the way he wants to use us. Church, can I just tell you today, God saves you for a purpose. And that purpose is to be used by him to make a difference in the world around you. It's his Holy Spirit that we need to enable us to do that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. It's one short sentence, kind of like keeping step with the Spirit that we talked about last week. Here's what Paul writes. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. In other words, guess what? When our fire goes out, who's responsible? 
May we let God rekindle his fire within us this morning. Illuminate our lives, purify our hearts, and give us the power that we need to serve him in the way that he wants us to serve. I'd like Pastor Nathan to come. I'd like for you to stand with me this morning. Bow our heads. Father, we're so grateful today for your presence. We're thankful for today for your Holy Spirit, for the Spirit that does all the things we've talked about today, and yet that's just the tip of the iceberg of his work in our lives. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would have put a hunger in our hearts this morning for a rekindling of the fire within, that we would be as Christians all that you would have us to be. If our fire has gone out today, may we come and let your Holy Spirit breathe it back into flame. And may you work powerfully in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Would you come this morning? Would you seek the Lord?